Patty. Is that the uh, the entry that we want to go with, Cody? If we're from Texas, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> what? So you were working on a little bit of a, like a little sound, a little ditty. Maybe do that for our entry. Is it appropriate? I think for episode two, it's definitely appropriate. I don't remember the Peter Piper. No, 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 not that one. The uh, the little song you did. Oh, Chicka Chicka Slim Cody. <laughs> he eats bologna and his rhymes are phony. <laughs> oh, shoot. We, we, we need to stop. <clears throat> um, we're going to talk about fear today, man. Yeah. And the outline we're going to take is we just, we want to talk about what creates fear. And then we want to get to a place where we're dealing with how do I deal with these in a way that's healthy and good? Um, I, I think with this subject, I mean, there's a lot of things that, that we can that we can talk about, and, and we definitely feel like this is a relevant subject because we're living in this COVID-19 era now, right? It's scary, yeah. And there are a lot of people that are dealing with this, mm-hmm. that they don't know how to act or react to a situation that they've been forced into. And we talked about some of the beauty of that last week, and there really is good that can be made from this. But at the same time, like there is fear that has to be dealt with, and, and we know that that's something that we have to discuss. It's something we have to think about. It's something we have to process if we're going to to do it in a way that's healthy and right. And so we we want to just have that dialogue today. Um, so with that said, you know, I, I thought, and we talked about this a little bit beforehand, you know, just some stories when we were younger of fear and what that was for us. And And I just thought maybe we could kind of open this subject up with that for you, for me. Mm -hmm. Not for you and for I. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to, I'm trying to get better at this man. Like, like you're dogging me here, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to do better. So just you talked a little bit about a store. What, what are some things that you remember when you were young, Mm -hmm. especially that created fear and why? Yeah. I, you know, in fourth grade, I had no idea that I was going to be scared of heights. I um, We went to Camp Joy, I believe it was fourth grade, fourth or fifth, and they had this ropes course. And so I was on the ground, I was looking at these ropes, and they didn't look that high. Uh, so I climbed up the ladder that you had to climb up to to get to the ropes course. And as soon as I got to the top of the first rope course, I... Uh, I looked down, I made the mistake. And so to depict what this rope course looked like, you had two ropes that your hands can grab onto and one single rope that your feet were supposed to walk onto. And I took like two steps on that single rope with my hands clenched to those two ropes. And I made the mistake to look down. And when I looked down, my knees just buckled. I uh, started shaking, started sweating, and I (laughs) made the decision to turn around and took the climb of shame back down that ladder. I was terrified. And ever since then, like I, you know, I'm a cop for a reason, not a firefighter. I can't climb up these big ladder trucks. (laughs) I just don't like heights. And and unfortunately it trickled down to my youngest daughter. She is scared of heights. So what, what did it feel like though? What, what was it about that, 
that sees you up? Like, do sure. you remember the emotions? Do you remember the feelings? Creative. I mean, even though that was a long time ago. Right. Yeah, I, I think it was more like the, the loss of control. Being on the ground, I feel like I have control. Kind of like I have a fear for the ocean. I've always been that way. I, I can go out to a point where I feel like I have control of that environment. But once I feel like I lose control of that environment, those fears creep in. And, and I allow them to. I feed into that. And I think, I think for all of us, fear comes from the unknown. Fear comes from things that we cannot control. And even if we're not a person that has to have control of every situation, but there are a lot of us that, that are control freaks. I know that I am one. Mm. You know, I, I feel like I have to have control over, you know, a situation. But but even even for those who don't like if you if you don't have control, it does, it creates fear. Mine was mine was I was scared of the dark. Now it wasn't like just, you know, being in bed at night and I had to have a nightlight, although maybe that was it too. But I remember one of my jobs when I was really young was to shut the barn doors and close everything up and then come to the house. And it was night when I would do this. Sure. So dad would send me out and I would close the barn doors and I'd be on the other side of the barn and this barn's, you know, hundred yards long or something like that. And I remember like just so many times like closing the doors and then this just overwhelming fear of being alone, not being able to see anything, all the little noises, and then just getting across, you know, the barn as quick as I could and out the door because I was scared of, of what would happen. And, right. And it wasn't logical because I mean, you know, there was really nothing out there that could hurt me other than probably it was more dangerous for me to run across the barn <laughs> in the dark than for me to, yeah. to like stand there. Right. Right. And I remember at one point just deciding, okay, I'm going to overcome this thing and just sitting in the dark after I had closed all the doors, just sitting there mm-hmm. until I, and until I stopped being scared. Now that didn't mean that that fear was just completely gone, you know, right. but, but that was what I tried to, to do, to deal with that. Mm. Um, and I think every fear is different, but I think part of it was I had done it so many times and I'd been in that situation so many times I got more comfortable with it. But then I finally said like, I'm done. And I just sat there in that situation until it just went away. Sure. And it, it brings up a point that you and I discussed as we were talking about this subject. And that is that Fear is not going to go away. You're not going to be, go from being scared to not being scared. It doesn't work like that, does it? No, absolutely not. No. I mean, it's, you know, I mentioned last week about uh, losing my son. And, and one of the fears that I have, because I have two younger kids, uh, is, and it hasn't went away as much as I want it to go away, is every night, almost every night, when my kids are sleeping, I'll go into their bedroom just to check to make sure they're breathing. And that's something that I cannot, I, I don't know how to put it. I cannot get it out of my head that it's okay. It's that loss of control. It's that the unknown, like you mentioned, yeah. um, because of his death, of being such an unknown thing, an uncharacteristic thing. It, it's, it's tough to navigate through that in my yeah. life. So that's something that I still deal with. But yeah. And I think, 
you know, I, I've told you this before, but I remember the night that I came home after being in the hospital with you guys with Lincoln. Yeah. And walking in my house and going straight to Nora's bedroom. Right. And like picking her up and putting my head on her chest and mm-hmm. just making sure that she was still breathing. I mean, there it is. It's that uncontrolled. It's it's then becoming aware of something. And that's what ha- what's happening with this coronavirus, right? Right. We're becoming, we heard about it. Like it was over there. Then it got closer when it when it came to the coasts, right? Right. And now it's here. Right. And the closer it gets and the more information we have, the more fear that we have because of how it might affect us. It's it's the government, the medical uh, experts, they don't have control over this. Yeah. And so it's generating a lot of fear. It's generating a lot of anxiety. It's generating a lot of hysteria that we don't know how to deal with. And so it's, it's, it's figuring out what does that look like for us? What does it look like to do this well, to be the church, to, to handle these situations that we're forced into, that we're facing, and to do it in a way that brings glory to God and doesn't just think about me, myself, and I? Right. I mean, I was reading an article today, actually. Max Licato uh, was being interviewed, and he mentioned that we have a tendency to feed our own fear. That's kind of a natural thing that we do. Uh, you know, because we are human, and it's something that we do is we just feed our fear. And, and by feeding our fear, some of that could be streaming social media and getting on there and then sharing the content from that article, whether it's one scientist said this and it's going to be catastrophic, or Dr. Atkin made the comment, I think it was last week, that, you know, the projections show 10,000 cases a day. I mean, when you hear that, it's it's frightening. Yeah. But the other side of that is the, the, the part that I'm trying to emphasize, emphasize is instead of feeding my fears, is feeding my faith. Hmm. And, um, you know, that's, that's the only way we can get over this. And, and, and when I say get over this, it's not like that's not the cure, but that's something that we can do for our mental aspect is, is feed our faith. And by feeding our faith, that's, you know, getting on our hands and, and knees and praying, or if you're in a car ride praying, or uh, reading your Bible, connecting with your family, those things that are positive things that can catapult you into a position that is of better stability mentally. Um, so I kind of pulled that from that article, and it was really, really inspiring and something that I put in perspective. Yeah, no, and I and I think that's huge. It, and that's why last week I think we focused on the beauty of what is happening in this situation and not just the information, not mm. just the logistics of it, not just the data, you know, that's being fed to us, not just all this, ne- but we, we do, we have to focus on the good. And, and I think for you and I, this is a little more personal as we sit in this room with Nate, because w- there are a lot of opportunities that we're going to have but are we going to open the doors to those opportunities when they come? If if God, you know, shows us in some way, here is how you can use a situation that may create fear for good and feed, like you say, our faith rather than the fear. It's it's opening that door and walking through it well. And and 
uh, Nate Luke here on the board with us is that's something he's done this week. And I, I know I want him to talk a little bit because I want to give him a plug also with what he's doing, because there's a way that you can be involved, but he, um, um, him and, um, what, what was, uh, was it, it was Montgomery. What was Josh Montgomery, Josh Montgomery, right. Uh, have a, they have a 3d printer at the school um, that they have access to, and they know that our first responders are in need of uh, those shields to um, to protect themselves as they go and treat people with with this virus. Right. And so, uh, you guys heard about this, and and maybe take it from here and tell us the story, Nate. So, uh, <clears throat> really, like over the weekend, Josh had emailed me, and he essentially just uh just was like hey nate like i saw this online man um there's this company called prusa they have come out with a uh, essentially like a model for a face shield uh 3d model and i was wanting to know if you would get in on it with me and it was it was funny because actually before he had sent me that email i was like man uh i got the same like same information as well um and i was actually just about to email him so I, that I think was just one little thing God was telling me like, Hey, you have a gift. He has a gift. Um, there are people in need right now. Um, and this is something that you can do. So we kind of got a couple prototypes together. Um, and we adjusted some things on the, uh, Prusa model and, uh, we're going to hopefully go into mass production. You can't say things week. like Prusa model. Because we have no idea what that means, man. Nerd. <laughs> Nerd alert. <laughs> Someone beat him up. Uh, no, essentially we just you. like uh, just some different types of the face masks. So we adjusted some of the different, you know, sizes of the face mask, added some different like um, connections and things to it like that that you can snap a face shield into and take it off really easily. Um, so those were just, uh, just a couple things we talked about. And then hopefully, like I said, by the end of this week, uh, we'll be in mass production of those things. I know uh, there have been a couple hospitals that have already requested a few hundred of these things. Wow. I don't know if we can fulfill all of that, but we're gonna we're gonna try, man. Um, hopefully, if it if it helps a little bit, that's worth it. Um, and you and him have been working like a lot of hours since you guys heard about this to get this set up and going. Like, yeah, definitely. You put a lot of time into this. Yeah, uh, Monday and and yesterday, even part of Sunday. Um, put in definitely a lot of hours into it. So uh, I think it'll turn out really well. We're going to meet with some nurses and uh, some things like that tomorrow. Hopefully they won't totally reject our our uh, ideas, our, our models that we have. So hopefully uh, we'll start producing those things and get them to where they need to go now in what, the next week or so. Yeah, so in regard to that, you said there may be a way for us the listeners here and then you know the church the community be involved like what what can we do to help this because again for a lot of us we need to be home right now sure. some of us have jobs that we've got to go and and do and and there's still a lot going on right but but by and large there are a lot of people that they're in their home and that's where they are you know outside of getting some groceries and some things but is there some things that we can do to help and when would you need that help? And and how do we kind of go about contacting you to to get you you know help in whatever way? 
What a lovely question, Kevin. <laughs> Thank, <laughs> you. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Cody did call me the uh, the podcast guru. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know. Just living up to the title, man. Uh, yeah, good question, man. Um, so basically what we are in need of, um, some everyday items, things like uh, number 32 size rubber bands, which are your thinner rubber bands. We can uh, strap those to the back of people's uh, masks, and essentially those will help hold the mask on. Um, also we're in need of, uh, super glue. Uh, so as much super glue as we can get, we'll take it. Um, there are certain things that we just have to buy. Um, so there have been some really generous people already that have donated, um, you know, some of their efforts and, and money to help us buy some of the things. Um, put me on the spot, man. Super glue, um, rubber bands. Those are the big things. Um, and cash. Cold hard cash never hurts because yeah. the uh, ooh, I like the, it. We we use like a Lexan. Um, you guys are material. more than welcome to use my uh, my bank account to collect. Oh, oh, you heard that, everybody. I'm <laughs> I'm a preacher. You can trust me. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, we're we're gonna ask for donations. Um, you know, if you're if you're my Facebook friend or anything like that, even if you're not my Facebook friend, become my Facebook friend. I'm gonna put out an announcement on Facebook. Um, probably the next two days, uh, we'll create a form online. You can, uh, kind of sign in what you'd be able to donate. Uh, we'll have a few drop off locations. Um, one at Southern state where Josh works. Um, I'm going to try to get the central office in at Greenfield to be a drop off site. Um, so we're gonna have a few drop off sites where you can just drop those. You don't have to be in contact with us at all. Just give us what you can, uh, if you are able and we'll take care of all the 3d printing stuff after that. Oh, also, uh, single hole pun- uh, punchers. If oh, you guys can get okay. single hole punchers, okay, we'll take those. So, yeah, we'll have a list here by tomorrow or Friday at the very latest. Though. And maybe some places we can post that, um, possibly uh, on the Facebook page, the church's Facebook page, or even maybe the website, possibly. Correct. Yeah, definitely. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely post that on Um also, you know, even hand sanitizers, if you guys haven't given that stuff away to hospitals already, when we go to assemble these things, we're going to need hand sanitizer yeah. um, and things like that, just to, just to make sure if for some reason we're not contaminating people in the process of doing this. So we want to stay as clean and sanitized as uh, possible. Um, Clorox wipes would go a long way in cleaning up uh, 3D plastics. So. Those are hard to find right now. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Yeah. So definitely. Okay. Good yeah, man. Good well, question. that's, uh, something to stay tuned to as far as like getting, uh, that out. And if you have questions, please feel free to contact us via Facebook, via the website at the bottom of the website, leesburgcc.com. There is a general message, uh, page that or not page, but general message, like, like format there that you can just put your name and a message maybe some contact information that goes to, uh, myself and Nate. Um, so he, he'll, he'll receive it that way too. So this is just a way to contact him if, uh, if you are able to help. So I highly encourage that. This is a, a really good thing and could, uh, could really benefit our community. And I'd say we'll have more information on that to come. So thanks, Nate. No problem. That's the serious I'll ever, or the most serious I'll ever be on this. I'm usually the, uh, joker on here so <laughs> there you go i bet we can get him serious again what do you think cody yeah we probably could 
yeah, we'll talk about something really sad. That gave me cold chills, though, like when he was talking about, you know, just the fact that, you know, he felt God challenging him for the skills that he has. And, and I mean, that, that was the next point I wanted to bring up was we kind of mentioned faith as the opposition of fear. And, and he's a definition of faith not being an expression, but an action. And, and so um, I got a really close friend of mine that for the last few weeks, he has taken meals to his parents' house and his parents are in that, that class or that age group where it's a high risk age group. And just his actions have inspired me to, you know, to want to be better and, uh, you know, show the, show those expressions of love during this time or this pandemic. Um, so it's pretty cool to, to hear that. Yeah. But can I, let me ask you this though. So what about when I say people, I'm just putting these, this group of people in, in a class, but what about, what about the people that follow the CDC rules and they're staying home um, and they're, they're kind of sheltering themselves away from the public? I mean, do you think that that's kind of a being selfish if we're supposed to be serving? Is that, I mean, I, I, I know this, this is a tough question, but is, is, is that being selfish? Is that being Christ-like? I mean, can you elaborate on that? I think it's a difficult balance to maintain, right? Right. You know, I'm told to do these things, so how do I engage when all the normal avenues for me to engage are essentially taken away? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the question. Right. Or how do I engage when I've really bought into this and I'm scared? Right. And rightfully so. Right. And I think, I think there is a healthy balance because, you know, you can't say, just go do it. Right. Right. I mean, even Nate, when he was talking about this situation, hey, we want, you know, we want to do it a certain way. We want to make sure we're, we're sanitized. We want to make sure we're clean. We want to make sure the products we're getting are cleaned up and done properly. We want to, you know, it's just him and one other guy that are going to be there together. So, so according to like the mandates, right? right yeah. They're trying to abide by that to the best of their ability. And, and I think, you, so those things have to be considered, but the other side is like, or do I just sit at home? Yeah. And and I don't know that it's as simple as yes and no. I think it, I think it's much more nuanced than that. Because I think, like Nate talked about, him and, you know, Josh had this opportunity that came available. They they both thought about it at the at the same time. Clearly God opened a door. And that's why I think it's looking for those opportunities, Cody. I think it's looking for those doors that will be opened in the midst of this. But then also ourselves being, as you said, being more faithful, um, having more faith, that that means like trying to hear from God in this. So it's not as simple as I sit at home and I do this because I'm scared, but it really is like, God, like, I want to do what I can. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't mean wait for the church to give me something to sign up for or right. do, right? or um, to to have somebody else, but really to begin to pray and engage in this. Or the adverse action of, I want to go do a million things and just go expose yourself or others. I mean, you got to find the right 
niche on what you said earlier. Be creative. Yeah. Yeah. Be creative, but be smart. Right. I, I know this. I know there are people in this situation who are shrugging it off and not taking it as, as seriously as they should. You've seen it too. Yeah. That right. is not okay. Right. As a, as a follower of Christ, as someone who loves others, that is not okay. Because you really are possibly putting people in danger right. by doing that. The other side of that is, is to just not be engaged at all. Right. To not do anything. That is that is absolutely wrong in and of itself as well. Mm-hmm. And so, what do we do? What? And again, I think it's a balance. I think it's being creative. I think it's finding ways to engage with people. I told you, I I, I was driving around the other day. Um, I had to 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 run to Greenfield, and I had to run to Leesburg, and you know, I was again trying to stay safe in what I was doing because mm-hmm. I've got a family. I don't want to expose to this. And I just made phone calls. I called you know, four or five different people and just checked on them. Yeah. It's something simple. It's something easy. It's something I don't have to go to their house. I hate not being able to go to their house and check on, on some of these people, but it was just a phone call. How you doing? I love you. I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. If there's anything you need, let me know. We want to be here. And and there are so many people that every one of us, I don't care who we are, has access to, you know, our neighbors or people that are close to us or the elderly or, or some of our closest friends. How you doing in this time? Right. How, I mean, there are financial struggles for some people in this. We talked about that last week. Right. There are struggles that go beyond just fear of of contracting this virus and 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 being, you know, affected in that way. Mm-hmm. There's economic fears. There's job fears. I lost my job. I know there have been several people who have lost jobs. Yeah. Uh, have been laid off, who have been let go. Those types of things they're happening. So they're creating problems in themselves. Right. Um, so I think again, it's engaging. I think that's a great word for this. Yeah. Engage. Don't disconnect from this. Mm-hmm. Don't ignore it. Be wise, but engage. Right. Yeah, I think that uh, you know they were talking about this. I think today actually during the conference call, I'm one of the ones that watched the the governor's conference um, at, daily at work and. And one of the things that the doctor mentioned was uh, how depression can creep in and, you know, just these small acts of, of love that we do that we can get creative with with the public. I mean, it. I, I really and fully believe that this could be something that kind of catapults us away from that depression. It gives you that sense of serving again. And purpose. Again, yeah, purpose. I mean, I, and, 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 you know, even even just a simple card I, I know that there's been several people on on my facebook that have uh shared um pictures of their family sending them cards or phone calls one of the things that uh, my wife uses a lot of is, is facetime and um so like her mom calls in or we called my mom the other day and and we were on facetime and you know our, our both of our parents are um going through their grandma depression right now because yeah. you know they haven't seen their grandkids uh so you know we use facetime to connect and so yeah, I mean, that's there's ways we can do small acts of love and, and, and kindness to get through this, um, you know, but you know, just got to, I guess, for me to summarize this aspect from my side is, is you know, what is it? It's fear, uh, you know, long term, what do we have to put in effect is, is our faith and, and short term, how do we how do we deal with it is through acts of love and kindness. And, yeah. And that's I mean, that's honestly what we have to do right now. Right now. Yeah, I mean, because we really don't know how much longer this is going to be. I mean, they're they're saying, well, everything's shut down till May first, but then they're also saying that 
this could last another few weeks past May 1st. They don't know. And, and again, that's one of those things we mentioned earlier was the unknown, the uncontrollable things. Um, you know, they're, they're frightening. So, yeah. yeah and I, so a, a quote that I heard that just reminded me of something that I already knew. Some of the most growing times in our lives come from some of the greatest challenges we face. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that's what this offers. Right. You know, it, it, there is pain created in this. There's fear created in this. Mm-hmm. But it's an opportunity to really, as you said, to, to cling to God even more in trust and faith in, in the situation that we're faced with. You know what a, a Bible story I think about when I think about fear? You remember the Israelites are getting ready to go in the promised land and they send out spies. You remember that? Yeah. And so Joshua is one of these spies and they send the spies out. Uh, I think they send 12 spies out, um, and they go out, and they check out the, the land that they're getting ready to go into. It's a land filled with milk and honey. Like, it's it's just plentiful, right. is what that means. But some of them come back, and they say, but the people that live there are giants. Now, they're not literally giants, mm-hmm. but they look like giants to them. There is a fear. You remember the, how that story plays out? So the spies come back, they report this. Everybody gets scared, and then the Lord says, okay, you're not ready for this. You're not ready. You're, you're fearful. You, you don't believe that you serve a God who is bigger than this situation, and because of that, you're not ready to go into the land that I have promised you. Right. I, I think the conversations need to be, what is the promised land on the other side of this? What is God not just preparing us for in this but what is he equipping us with in this time so that we are more ready to serve and love him and others you know we're forced to do some things that we've never been we we weren't we were going to do this podcast we'd been talking about it for a while but this is something we were almost forced into Cody yeah kind of I mean, you kind of forced me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know I forced Nate. I know I forced Nate. <laughs> you have a good knack of doing that. Oh, shoot, man. <laughs> but, you know, it's something that we might have talked about for a long time, but because of this situation, you and I said, let's go. Yeah. Let's go now. Right. And so we did. We did. Um, and, and so I think, what are, what are we being prepared for, and how do we, how do we go after that? And, and, and I think when we understand Isaiah 43, 1, don't fear, God says, don't fear, I have redeemed you, I have called you by name, you are mine. It's a reminding of that mm-hmm. to ourselves yeah. over and over and over again. It's like I said you know, at the beginning of the podcast when I was talking about being in the dark, that was not something that I just got over. Right. It was a constant reminder of what I knew, that I'm not really in danger. <laughs> yeah. And I think for you, for me, for our listeners, for you know, our community, for this world, it is step by step focusing on what we know to be true, which is God is our Redeemer, we are His children, and He's going to provide, man. And we're not in control. We're not in control, but that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was having a conversation with my wife the other day and, um, I kept this, the song kept 
playing in my head, and, and so I was talking to her about it, and it's a song that she sang a couple weeks ago uh, at the uh, online church, and the first, I don't know what you call that, but the first paragraph of the song, I'm not a musician. Uh, the Are you going to sing this? No. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm going to word Just it. Just try. I don't have the voice like my wife. Sing. <laughs> no. Sing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, uh, the song's Take Courage, and, and the first part, it, it really spoke to me. It's, it says, slow down. Take time, breathe in, he said. He'd, he'd reveal what's to come. The thoughts in his mind, always higher than mine. He'll reveal all to come. Yeah. And I thought that was so relevant to what's going on right now. Absolutely. And we had that conversation, and I was like choked up talking about it. It was, it was just a really good moment. You know, it was, just, yeah. it, it, it was good for us and, and uh, for her too. So, yeah, I just want to make mention of that. Yeah, I was... You know, we we talk about okay, what do we do? Like we cling to God in this. What do we do? I was listening to a lady talk about an experience she had. It was actually a, a podcast where they were talking about fear mm-hmm. and had a situation where she was in an accident. She was hurt really bad, mm-hmm. a really bad injury, and she actually was a first responder. She used to work on a fire department. And yeah. so she had been on the other side of this numerous times. We haven't even gotten into that. You know, I'm a first responder and, and you're, you know, a police officer. And so we've right. seen these situations a lot, but she talked about how this young man in her moment where she was most vulnerable mm-hmm. in a moment where she was at her most humble at her lowest, how much care how gentle, how even the way he spoke to her, how he handled her, how he touched her, mm. how 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 much care and thought and effort he put into that. Yeah. And how much that meant to her in that moment was it was something I mean she she was very vivid in her description because it was so meaningful to her and I think you know we say well what do, what do we do? Mm-hmm. You know, generally, generally speaking, like we, we love God and we love others. I mean, that's right. it's that simple. Loving God means connecting to Him, like you talked about in faith and understanding of that He is gonna, He's got this, even though maybe we can't see the effects of that yet. Right. The other side is people are at their most vulnerable right now, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you don't have the Lord in your life, you are at the most vulnerable. And so what does that mean? It means there's opportunities to be gentle, mm-hmm. to love, to care, to, to, to be thoughtful, to reach out. We, uh, Lindsay Buck does a lot of our design stuff, and I asked her to come up with a new postcard that we can use to send people, to encourage people. And... um. She sent me, she said, I didn't really know what to, what the message to say on the outside. It had our logo, and it was really simple. And she says, I didn't know what the le- message should be. And it said, we are here for you. And I thought, oh, is, that, is that really what I want to say? And, and I was like, oh, I better ask Emma. I said, let me check with Emma. So I went and asked Emma. Emma said, that's perfect. Yeah. And after she said it, like, it just a light come on. I don't know why it didn't. I, I'm not smart enough for the light to come on, you know, for myself. <laughs> I have to ask my wife. And then the light comes on, right? Yeah. Does that work for you, too? Yeah, is that I, the same? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she, she runs the roost. It's good. <laughs> but we are here for you. Simply put, man, mm-hmm. we're yeah. here for you. Yeah, I mean, that I mentioned to you, I mean, that, that 
this doesn't have as much to me, it doesn't have as much, uh, pain in it right now. But, you know, whenever my son passed away, the simple fact of so many people were just there for us. Um, you know, like you said, we're here for you. I seen that in action, you know, but going back to face on an expression, it's an action. And, and, and man, I tell you, it, hindsight 2020 and looking back, like I'm, I'm so thankful for that. You know, that really catapulted me into um, getting over that emotional obstacle, you know, just having people there. And it wasn't like in that time you didn't know who God was. No, no. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I was going through my my battles with that through the suffering. Right. But I mean, I, I knew who God was and I, and, and I knew that I wasn't in control. But, you know, at that time, you don't clearly see that, you, you know, but, the, but with the with the presence of other people just being there or people seeing, sending us cards or people reaching out through Facebook or any type of social media uh, network. I mean, it, it really jumpstarted me back into a life of normalcy. If, if that's what you call it, even though life's never been normal since then. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really awesome. But it was a simple act, simple act. Yeah. Someone stepping in. I, I mentioned, I mentioned this a long time ago. Um, one of my favorite moments, and I know that sounds weird. One of my favorite moments, and I guess I mentioned it when Chad Hodson passed away. One of my favorite moments in that was when Chad came over to our, to my in-laws house and it was right before the Buckeyes played. And that was the year they won the national title. Uh, go Bucks. Anyways. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. <laughs> um, he came over, gave me a hug and said, go Bucks. And then he just sat there and he didn't say, I don't think he said two more words to me, but that was some of the most soothing moments of after losing my son was just him being there. Yeah. And so you asked the question, you know, what do you do? I don't know how to react. Yeah. Sometimes it's just being there, man. And by being there again, and this time could just be by through a card or, or whatever, whatever be creative. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. the other story I heard this week that I just thought was just, you know, just a good reminder. The same lady was telling a story. She's also a pilot, and she was telling a story about a um, a guy who was having engine problems and had to do an emergency landing. Mm-hmm. And so he calls in, clear the runway. I'm going to have to do an emergency landing. And mm-hmm. you know, he you could tell he was very nervous. And so she's listening to this on her radio. And kind of in the midst of this, you he, she said she heard a guy come across the radio and say, "Hey, remember your checklist." Now, on, on, if you're a pilot, you know your checklist is all the things that you go through, the procedures before you take off, before you land. There's this checklist. You have it sitting right there that you can that you go through so that you do the right things and you don't make mistakes, that you go through it in your mind all over again. Mm-hmm. And simply what, she was, what, what he was saying is, hey, go through your checklist. You're going to be okay, man. Yeah. I, that's the message of the Word of God for us. Right. It's our checklist, but it's then God coming over the radio and saying, remember your checklist. Mm -hmm. You're going to be okay, man. Yeah. He's here, man. He's, he's with us. He's with, with this nation. He's with our leaders. You know, I've heard a lot of people praise, you know, Mike DeWine in this and rightfully so, like he's been ahead of the curve. God is leading that, whether he's a believer or not. Yeah. God is leading that. God is taking care of the situation. It's just continually being reminded of simple things that he is in control, that he is bigger than this, that we're going to be okay. And no matter the outcome, we have a hope in a future. Right. Yeah. And I remember this one guy, I don't know, he's probably behind a mic right now and uh, he's bald and uh, he might be my minister, but he's, one th- he's beautiful too. <laughs> Only Emma says that. Uh, <laughs> 
but he once said, and it was some great words of advice. He's only gave me about two pieces of advice that were great, but this was <laughs> one of the two. <laughs> he said, uh, he said, you know, without faith, this is just a tragedy. And I can't imagine the people that don't have faith during this time. And for those who do, I mean, that's, it, it, we should be reassured, like you said, God's in control and, and He's bigger. So A scripture we both wrote down for this. Yeah, it's weird. And we know that in all things God works for good for those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. Yep. He's already worked it out, man. Yep. It's continuing to have faith and trust in Him yep. in this time. Thank you, Cody. Thank you again. Appreciate it. We went a little bit longer. Well, it's all right. We're good. We're by talking about going longer. We're going longer. <laughs> Are you going to pray? Because you know I'm not going to. Uh, what? I I think we we need a vote out there if we need Cody to pray at some <laughs> point in the future. Oh, he has a fear of praying in front of others. But technically, I mean, it's three guys in a room. Well, that's still others. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's pray, man. All right. God, we love you. Uh, we thank you for the ability to have conversations like this, and we just pray that this be a time that encourages people who may be dealing with some fear, some anxiety. God, it's it's we are imperfect people, um, and and that's okay. Um, but in you, we can be perfect, and so we pray that you create perfection in us as we move forward, perfection in our love, in our understanding, in our wisdom. God, that you continue to grow us into the people that you would have us be. So let this be an opportunity as we deal with this situation to grow in our relationship to you, but also to use this to glorify your name, to serve, and to love others. Uh, God, we thank you for Nate and Josh and what they're doing, God, and we just pray blessings on them as they seek to serve you in the way that you've given them to do that. Pray for this church and our ability to do it, and us as individuals, God. Just just let your Spirit bring those things to mind that you would have us do to serve and to love better. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Signing off. Bye. See you later. <laughs>